It's 12.59 and 55 seconds. Turn on your headlights. It's time for Night Drive. I'm Horace Wexler. You're listening to Night Drive. And a big good evening to all of you out in Fakahatchee. The Night Owls. You know who you are. Maybe you're celebrating the last remaining single days of a friend with garlands, tiaras, and purple plastic penises. Or maybe you're sweeping up at one of our restaurants, stacking the chairs on the table, shutting down the stoves, and dimming the lights. If you are, rest assured, you're not the only ones doing your job tonight. Sequestered away in a small room at the back of the Fakahatchee Courthouse, the jury in the trial of Fakahatchee's self-proclaimed Lobster King are also doing their job. The unfolding legal drama has has been our own mini-episode of Law & Order over these last three, four weeks. So, with the verdict of Fakahatchee's most notorious criminal very nearly at hand, tonight, Night Drive's going to take a look at public sentiment surrounding the most prolific thief of lobsters in our town, and perhaps of all time. All while we wait patiently for the jury to deliberate. Now, I know originally we were scheduled to talk about whether a monkey should be allowed to be a lawyer, even if he passes the bar exam. But tonight, we're going to be slightly more focused on local news, only because something's happening, and we can. But we're still going to take your calls. If you have a story about the Lobster King, if you know the Lobster King, hell, if you just have an opinion on the Lobster King, I want to hear it. Our number is 305 209 9686. I'm Horace Wexler. You know, I met the Lobster King once. I didn't know it was him initially. It was a day, you know, essentially like any other. Warm and muggy. The classic Florida stew that is weather. I was on the bus headed into Night Drive. Yes, occasionally I use Fakahatchee's very own public transportation. It was the bus shaped like an orca that day. The swordfish bus wasn't running because it had snapped its nose off recently after skewering a Toyota Tercel in a fender bender. But I stood on the bus, holding on to one of the metal braces, and I noticed the man next to me moving, wiggling, as it were, with some degree of discomfort, though far from miserable. Bulges protruded from his clothing and moved like something was desperate to break free of his skin. He gave me a raised eyebrow. There was a twinkle in his eye, to be sure. And then, I'll tell you what, listeners, he lifted up the edge of his shirt. That, that is when I saw them, scuttling, or rather attempting to scuttle. He had taped them to himself, so they were unable to move. I didn't believe my eyes. If I had squinted and futzed up my eyes, he he almost could have passed for the Fakahatchee Lobsterman. Or at least how I personally interpret the eyewitness accounts of the half-human, half-lobster hybrid, long been rumored among the children to roam our swamps. But this was clearly a man. A man with a wry smile as he lowered his shirt. We shared a moment that day. A moment that will likely not pass between any two people ever again. Or maybe it will, because criminals love to brag about their crimes. I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't. Now, there is some truth to the rumor that no matter how fancy or covered in butter, I find lobsters intimidating. That's absolutely true. 
you can cross that off your rumor list. But this was a man doing what he loved the most and doing it more than anyone else in the world. And it wasn't sexual. You could almost view him as a, as a folk hero, a poster child for doing what you love. But you cannot dismiss his crimes and those he's hurt. $12 a pound, two pounds a pop. Multiply that by however many crustaceans a man can attach to himself at one time. 10 seems like a low estimate. And that man with the wry smile was getting off at the next bus stop with hundreds of dollars of creamy white flesh begging to be dipped in butter. But enough about my experience with the Lobster King. I want to hear from you. 305-209-9686. We'll take your calls right after this. I'm Robard Crumbler, and like my father before me and his father before him, I'm also a farter. I'm not telling you to brag, only so you'll believe me when I tell you I've got deals your farter's gonna love. No ties here, just fresh bunched finger squats, buy two, get one free. He sired you with his loins, so why not grill up some juicy rampones, just six dollars a pound? Someone say rampone? Well... <laughs> You can't have rampone without a side of broved mork, stewed daily in our deli. The price is too low to say on the radio. Or maybe, or maybe daddy just wants to watch the game and snack on a bowl of lanched whatsats. Whoever your daddy is, give him a hug from us here at Crumbler Farms and one from me, Robard Crumbler. I love to hug, just ask my kiddos, Crumbler Farms. You just can't shop closer to the airport without being in the airport. And we're going to go ahead and take whoever's over here on line six. Line six, go ahead. Hi, Horace. Hey, how are you? Who are you? This is Marcus Fernandez. I've never actually listened to your show before, but the moment I found out you were questioning the integrity of the Lobster King, I had to call in. Well, always excited to have a new listener. Uh, the Lobster King, guilty or innocent? Lobster King is innocent. I met the Lobster King at a very high-end dinner party, and I actually had a lobster in my arms, and he kissed that lobster on the head like a politician meeting a baby. I'm angry that this is even being questioned. The Lobster King is innocent. Well, Marcus, let's see if our next caller agrees with you. Hey, Horace, this is John Garcia. I love your show. Oh, thanks, John. Now, John, do you agree with Marcus that he's innocent, or do you think the Lobster King did it? Yeah, I think the Lobster King did it. If you do a quick Google search, I mean, it's not the first result, not even the third, but like the tenth result down, that's the article you got to read, brother. <laughs> no way, John. I always click on feeling lucky because no one's luckier than me. Love the show. Bye. Let's take another call. Who's on the line? Yes. And my name is Nancy Sitwell, and I just want to call in and say that I'm all for the Lobster King. I think he's a true American hero. Oh, so you think he's innocent? Oh, absolutely. He, uh, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Thanks for calling in, Nancy, and uh, letting us know how you feel. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinion on the Lobster King, our call-in number is 305-209-9686. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Oh, hey, this is Sam. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm I'm good. I'm well. It's 
it's a little late for you. Oh yeah. You know, I can't ever get to sleep before 11. So I just stopped trying anyway. So that's what I do. Sam, why are you calling tonight? I, I, I was calling because I, um, I, I had a personal experience with the Lobster King. Do you think he's innocent or do you think he's guilty, Sam? He, he is 100% innocent. Um, so I was, I was closing up Einstein Bagels where I work, and this guy comes running in, right? And I'm like, sir, we're closed. And he says, oh, no, kid, you got to help me. They're after me. And I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. You know, but like we've been doing um, great expectations at school. Mm-hmm. So I know that like sometimes if you help out like a criminal, like you can become a millionaire or something. So I like took a chance and I was like, oh, OK, get under the table. And then like not like half a second later, these cops came in. They're like, hey, hey, did anybody just come through here? And I was like, sorry, we're closed. I like totally played it cool. And they were like, uh, oh, OK. And like turn around and left like immediately. Wow, Sam, that's what a nail biter. And so, yeah. And so then he got up and he's like, thanks, kid. And he reaches into his like jacket and he pulls out a live lobster and he hands it to me. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't, it doesn't have like rubber bands on it or anything. So I'm like, whoa, um, this is insane. So I, you know, I held on to the lobster and he made his way back through the back of the store and i think he you know he must have experience in the bagel industry or something because he knew where he was going wow. and he left and then so i took the lobster and i was like i gotta keep this at, you know like like a souvenir it's like like clyde's tommy gun or something like yeah. it's, it's like oj's white bronco yeah it's like a famous thing right if this guy turns out to be guilty which he's not so i put it in a bag of the day old bagels and i walked it out to my car and I got it home and then I put it in the bathtub and I filled it with water and it died like really quickly because it's supposed to be like salt water. So I didn't know that. Sam, I'm sorry. That's too bad. And then so I just I thought about eating it for a second, but then I just threw it away because it seemed like more more work than it was worth. How big was the lobster he gave you, Sam? Uh, like the size of my forearm, if you can picture. How, what are we talking in poundage here? Oh, um, I don't know, like four pounds, five. Yeah, like four or five pounds, something like that. That is a big, big lobster. If we're talking market price of, let's say, twelve dollars a pound, he just tossed you sixty dollars with claws. Look, the key, the key fact is here. Look, listen, I've been thinking about this a lot. The lobster didn't have rubber bands on its claws. Okay, where are you going with this? So. If he had stolen that lobster, it would be like rubber banded. Mm-hmm. Like if he had taken that lobster from somebody, that would have the rubber bands, like from the restaurants, like everybody says. Here's what I'm thinking he does. I think he buys the lobsters and he does this to raise awareness. I don't think that he's guilty of this stuff. Right, right. Uh, awareness of what exactly? Oh, like lobster imprisonment. Mm, got it. Got it. You think he's doing this to bring awareness to lobsters who are being held unfairly without any civil recourse. Yeah. What, what's your family saying about the Lobster King? Uh, how are your friends? What, what do the young people feel about the Lobster King? Is he hip? Is he with it? Oh, man. Like my friends and I, like especially with my experience and all, we're totally on board with the Lobster King. Like we're totally down. My dad, not so much. Like he talks a lot of, you know, sh blank blank about the lobster king at mm-hmm. dinner time but i don't say anything i like they don't know my story they don't know that i got a lobster and that i met him so i just keep my mouth shut and they're just like this guy's 
going out and he's causing trouble and everybody thinks he's so cool, but he's breaking the law. And, you know, so that's like what my dad sounds like when he talks about him. Yeah. The kids. No, no, man. We're like, we're straight hip to the lobster king. I have noticed uh, as this trial has gone on, there, there have been some instances of, of graffiti. Um, and some of this is obviously very artistic. Uh, some of it is in the shape of lobsters. Now, is this in support of the Lobster King? You know, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I could like I could ask Darren. He smokes cigarettes, so he might know stuff like that. Uh, Sam, do you have anything that you would like to tell the Lobster King if he's if he's listening? I don't know that he is, but if he is, oh well, just like thanks and stuff. I think about what happened at Einstein Bagel Brother every day um, because it really changed me in a way that I was like, hey, maybe the rules that people make, like grownups and stuff make, maybe those rules aren't like always 100% the right thing. So I just want to say thank you for opening my eyes to that. And, you you know, I got your back, Mr. Lobster King. Sam, thank you very much for calling in, and uh, we hope you get to bed soon. Yeah, no problem. Love your show. Uh, and we have another caller here. Caller, the Lobster King, guilty or innocent? <laughs> dude. Greg, stop calling. Hey, dude. We'll get right back to your calls and opinions on the Lobster King right after these community announcements. Shoney's would like to apologize for the continued inconvenience of your breakfast plans and to assure you all necessary steps are being taken to contain the situation. We're well aware of how bad it looks from the outside. Government agents on site are present to ensure that the situation will not be allowed to spread beyond the Shoney's borders to the laundromat next door. And the heavy sheeted plastic around the building is just a precaution for public safety. Got hands and know how to use them? The Fakahatchee Knitting Club wants your hands and they'll do the rest. Learn exciting pearl stitches, warp knitting, the devil's loop, the around the moon stitch, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand loop, the Illuminati stitch, etc., etc. Guys, these are supposed to be short. I'm just going to skip to the bottom. Be at the community center this Monday at 4 p.m. Don't miss it if you want to make a scarf in time for the holidays. The Bear Scouts of America would like to invite you camping. If you're a husky, hairy fella, why not get back to nature and join us in the woods? We'll eat from a Dutch oven, compare beards, chop a tree or two, and just pal around and see where it goes from there. Maybe we'll zip our sleeping bags together. Whether you're a muscle bear or a chub, Pitch your tent, and we'll see you deep in the trees. Please be warned, it's tick season, so long pants are a must. Soakin' Suds is happy to announce our new summer special. Wash a load of laundry and dry it free. You're going to be in our parking lot staring at all the activity at the Shoney's next door anyway. Why not get some laundry done? Enter a raffle to guess what's going on inside, and if you guess correctly, you can win $1,000. Prize to be paid out in quarters. Let's go ahead and take another couple calls before the break. Lobster King, guilty or no? Hi, Horace. This is Antoine Honeycutt, and I'm here to tell you that the Lobster King is guilty. Yeah? Why is that, Antoine? He's snatching up all my lobsters, and I'm not going to have any food to serve at Antoine Honeycutt. All right, Antoine, I'm cutting you off. If you want to promote your restaurant on the show, you can pay for ad time like Crumbler Farms does. All right. Uh, our next caller says it's always dark where he is on the web. Uh, hey, yeah. Um, uh, is this a, a, a secure line? 
Considering this line goes out live to anyone in Fakahatchee who might be listening, I'm going to say it's absolutely not. What's your name, Colin? Okay, I'll take my chances. Uh, my name's Terrence. Uh, I'm an environmental hacker, and I want to call in about this uh, Lobster King fella. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was that, Terrence? Yeah, Terrence. Uh, Terrence. Uh, thanks for calling in tonight, Terrence. And uh, I'll tell you right now, that, that, that's not my real name. You're <laughs> not going to figure out that one out. So we're going to go with Terrence, okay? Well, I'm pretty good at puzzles. I did solve a particularly difficult find a word this morning. But real quick, Terrence, the Lobster King, guilty or do you think he's innocent? I think he is um, absolutely 100% guilty, okay? And I have I have the proof. Oh, you, you have some proof. Oh, yeah. I think I speak for all of our listeners, Terrence, when I say, lay it on us. So I am a, uh, I am a hacker, okay? Uh, I, have a, um, I have computers, okay? Uh, both PC and Mac, okay? And I, I have proof he is totally guilty, okay? Because I, I, I got into his Amazon. Wait, like his Amazon shopping? Uh-huh, yeah. I've seen his order history, okay? Yeah, I, I, I've seen his cart. Oh, but that's where we do our private shopping. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what was in there? It was 1,000 lobster bibs. Wow. He's, he's stealing lobsters, huh? All your beans are trying to free him? Why would he have lobster bibs? Hmm? You put that in your head and think about it. This is highly damning information that could change this whole town's opinion on the lobster king. I've got literal chills. Oh, yeah. We're prepared to get frozen because you know what else I found? And when I logged into his bank because he uses the same password for everything. It's just Lobster King one. Okay? Oh come on! At least put a two or something after it. That that's some real sloppy password management. Oh my God, yeah, it gives me it makes me rage. Okay, so he had a large payout to a butter company. Okay, now why would you pay out to Big Butter in this type of situation? Hmm. Maybe it's because you want to have a big lobster party. Of which you can be king. Uh, I s- you're really connecting the dots here, Terrence. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There's two things I check at the door, buddy. Okay? It's my email and my mistrust of government. And this guy, he is part of some big government conspiracy. Okay? And I don't care what it costs, but I'm going to take him down. And it's not It's not just because I'm allergic to shellfish. Okay? But that does have something to do with it. But that is not the only reason. No, it's clear this is about justice, Terrence. It, it's not about... Uh, how any of us feel about uh, these these shelled fish that eat trash on the bottom of our oceans. Yeah, they're disgusting creatures. Is this your first foray into, uh, I, I guess I would call this a, a hacktivist uh, action? Uh, have you taken down other big figures? Oh, no, I've been hacktivating for some time. Uh, do you remember Circuit City? Yeah. Yeah, that was me. That, you, you, you closed Circuit City? Oh, yeah, I closed them pretty hard. Yeah, okay. I bought a, a, at the time, it was a pretty big TV. It was 32 inches, you know, so I was like going pretty, pretty full, full tilt, you know, gonna, yeah. Terrence gonna treat himself. And I got the TV and it didn't really work. And so I tried to return it. But they said actually that it wasn't a returnable item, at which point I lost my mind. Okay, so I went into their system and I, I took them there not down hard. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, you call me the mayor of Circuit City. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely terrifying, Terrence. Yeah, I, I can do some stuff, man. You know, I can, I can, um, uh, I can break into your Facebook. I can break into your, your, you know, your Google or your Microsoft. Uh, but to, but to bring this back to the Lobster King, is there anything else on that Amazon order list that we might get a, a better idea of what he's doing? Like it, it does seem like there was like a lobster party, but I'm just not convinced that it's the tip of some government project happening there. Okay, okay. Well, let me give you three words. Okay, claw 
crackers. Are you hyphenating crackers or? Mm-hmm. Okay. What would he be doing with 3,600 claw crackers if he wasn't having a big party for government officials? Okay. Now, we all know people in government, they like to live high off the hog. Okay. They're going to be eating lobsters. What else do you eat? You don't have a government party eating mac and cheese. Huh? You ever hear about that? No, because it never happened. Okay. Okay. Uh, Terrence, one last question before we uh, before we let you go back into the, the crypto. Am I using that correctly? No. All right. Well. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm always down to talk. You know, hacktivism, hacktivating, hacking, you know. Okay, my favorite movie is Sneakers. Uh, pretty on point, by the way. Pretty on point. A lot of people make fun of it, but it's pretty much exactly what hacking is like. One last question for you. Do you have any information on what's going on with the Shonies out on the edge of town? Oh, oh the Shonies on the edge of town? I'm going to have to look into that one. <laughs> Don't mind looking into that one at all. Big fan of Shonies. Well... If you find anything odd, you know where to find me, right here on Night Drive at 305-209-9686. Frankly, Terrence, this has been a terrifying chat. Everyone change your passwords. He's out there. Yeah, yeah, you definitely want to change your passwords. Make sure it's not lobster. Ki- I read that. Uh, I, I said that out on the air, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, boy, not again. Okay. I got to go change his password. I, I got to go. Uh, next on the line, we have somebody who is uh, very very angry at the Lobster King. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, this is Hubert Sylvester, and uh, I for the restaurant. I caught Maitre D, but I, I couldn't quite catch your your name. Hubert Sylvester, that's like, uh, you know, um, Sylvester Stallone. He does the, the big film, the, the action. Just for Fakahatchee's sake, I'm going to call you Sylvester. How's that? Okay, this is okay. So, Sylvester, you said that you were the the maitre d. Yes, I've worked at the restaurant for many years. I was the professional maitre d en France, but I was forced to leave. I am, how you say, um, wanted in France. So I come to the United States to work. I try working for in France at Epcot, mm-hmm. but I was uh, also, I, I was asked to leave there for uh, reasons I cannot discuss. Still some some uh, legal action pending, but uh, came to Fogachi, uh got I know lobster. Mm-hmm. I have been working there for some time. Uh, greeting the, the people. I stand at uh, the front. I have a um, petite uh, little stand. I say uh, hello. If it's nighttime, I say uh, good evening. Things like this. I show people to their tables. Right, right, Sylvester. Um, so uh, you're saying that you worked at a restaurant that that kept lobsters. You served lobsters there. We had many, many lobsters, many lobsters in the tank. Mm-hmm. How how many would you say you keep on on hand at any given time? Normally, beaucoup. We have many, many lobsters. People uh, they enjoy their lobsters. They like to uh, go up to the tank, uh, poke, 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 poke. They look at the the food. Mm-hmm. So we keep many in the tank for people to see. And then people can, if they wish, of course, they can. If it's lobster, it, it's no problem. We can cook them for the people. Right. So so would you say you keep, uh, what, 50 lobsters on hand at any given time for any dinner service? In your casino, they keep uh, more money when there are uh, more people. Same for us. We keep uh, more lobster on the weekend. 
for Tuesdays, not so many lobsters in the tank. Friday, Saturday, 30, 40, 50 lobsters for sure. Right, right. And you were telling our, our producer beforehand, you met the Lobster King. Uh, he came into your restaurant. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. seen him several times. He came in uh, looking around. You know, it's hard to tell because people, like I say, everyone likes to look at lobster aquarium. It's fun to look at them. They they look back at you. They, they clack, clack, clack. Lobsters, they look like perhaps they have a soul. They can see you. So it's hard to tell who is looking at lobster for which purpose, you know? Right. Uh, in fact, uh, looking at the, the court papers here, you guys uh, are listed as, as two separate occasions uh, that the Lobster King came in and took lobsters from you. Is that correct? Yes, he came in one time when we were closing. He said he had uh, he left his iPhone at the table. I said, it's no problem. You can look around. And I went and looked for him. I did not think of it. And when I came back, I saw that several of the lobsters were missing. And this is easy for me to tell because, boy, I spend most of my day next to the lobster. So I know each lobster. Some have the bigger claw. Some have the, the smaller claw. Some have the antenna that look uh, funny. We give them funny names. Marvin, the Martian, things like this, you know. And so I could tell that this man, he said, okay, I found my iPhone, thank you. And when he was gone in the parking lot, I looked at the lobster tank and realized, merde, we are down uh, two or three lobsters. Wow. After he came back twice, I I have to imagine that at the restaurant, you guys were trying something to to stop stop this from happening in the in the future. Did you use any sort of defensive measures, any sort of traps? We have special lobster, you know, they're very uh, very expensive because, boy, you want a normal lobster, it's no problem. But you want a big big lobster that's uh, going to cost very very dear, right? It's going mm-hmm. to cost too much money. So we had take these lobster and we were hiding them, you know. Uh, when you put, the, what do you call it here? You put something in the toilet tank above the toilet. Right, You have right. The, the water there. So, okay, special occasion. We had the lobster in this tank. So maybe you're you not a place you, you think to look for a lobster, huh? So you godfathered some of the lobsters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Were the police any help at all uh, as this was going on? Um, I've sort of found that everyone kind of kind of looks at him as like a Robin Hood figure. And I, I feel like maybe he wasn't prosecuted or taken as seriously as he could have been in, in the early days. No, I don't understand because I watch, you know, uh, many shows with uh, American police. I watch the CSI, uh, NCIS, JAG, Blue Bloods with some Selleck. And I see these, these police, they seem uh, very capable. They, uh, they are solving the crimes all the time. But in Florida, the, the police, they are uh, a bit, they bash uh, cows, not perhaps very bright. And the police, they say, uh, not so big a deal, what, it's just seafood. But bon, as a Frenchman, uh, it's a big deal, huh? Uh, so what do you think the long-term effects are for you uh, as a result of these thefts? Uh, I mean, I have to imagine you guys have lost some money. Uh, wh- what are you looking at on, on sort of the restaurant small business side? We have had to cut down uh, the hours. I'm not working as many days. So, okay, it's no problem. I can watch watch my shows some more. But, of course, I need uh, money 
One last question for you before we let you go, Sylvester. Um, I heard City Councilman Richard Baysbond's uh, initial response to this was he thought it was going to be good for tourism. Uh, do you agree with that? I could maybe see this. Perhaps we start true crime podcast. The theft of the lobster, we make it a bit like the, the serial. We solve the case, we get people in on it, they come to see the, the scene of the crime, and perhaps we make a special menu. You can see where the crime took place, and then also perhaps you eat at the restaurant. Perhaps it comes a bit like the place where uh, they have uh, shot JFK. People visit this a, a bit like this, perhaps. Well, that sounds great, Sylvester. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with us, and um, I hope you'll call back again in the future. We'll be right back with more of your calls right after this. How are your choppers looking? Are they still pearly white like the gates of heaven welcoming food to its afterlife? Or are they gristled and stained with coffee and swamp berries? Well, if you got dingy dentures, you've got to try Blip. Each Blip is a bleach lozenge insert for your periodontal troubles. Simply suck on it for 60 seconds every night, feel the beautiful agony of your teeth releasing the stains. That pain it means your teeth are on their way to shiny town. And Blip's subscription model means each month Blip will send a new bleach insert directly to your home. Simply take the old one to hazardous chemical recycling. Your teeth, well, they'll never be whiter. Just go to pearlychompers.com and enter the promo code radio. Again, that's pearlychompers.com. Your new pearly whites are gonna be waiting in your mailbox. Blip because your teeth deserve to be as wide as the GOP. Our next caller is one of Fakahatchee's very own elected officials. Hi, it's Richard Bazemon, city council member hey, of Fakahatchee. Richard, how are you? It's, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I just want to call in real quick. Uh, I just want to make a real quick point about the Lobster King and everything that's going down right now. Listen, I would love nothing more than for this to resolve favorably for everybody. But the fact of the matter is there are laws, there are rules here in Fakahatchee that have to be enforced. And so, unfortunately, if the jury decides that the Lobster King is guilty, then um, you have to understand that we are going to enforce the law to the full extent. He is going to go to jail. And I just want to remind the citizens to, uh, you know, be ready to accept that. And uh, I don't want to see anybody on the streets. I don't want to see any protests. I don't want to see, look, you know, it's your God-given right as an American to do so. But I think that you should know that if he is found guilty, he's going to jail and you should be ready and prepared for that possibility. Is the city taking any precautions if, uh, say, the people aren't ready to accept that fate for the Lobster King? Well, uh, I don't know about the city, but I personally will not be in my office when the verdict is read. I will be in a different location, which I will tell you off air if you really need to know it. Richard Bazewan, uh, thank you for calling in. Hopefully the city accepts the, the verdict peacefully. And um, I know that we all would love justice to be served. Uh, uh, side of butter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't agree more. God bless you and God bless Puckahatchee. Keep those calls coming. I want to hear from you on this momentous evening. That number is 305-209-9686. I'm very excited about our next caller. 
He's played a very specific and direct role in this trial. I'm sure he's up biting his nails, uh, maybe even more than the rest of us. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself to all of the Night Drive listeners out there? Uh, uh, hi, yes. Uh, Mr. Wexler, I'm Mike Hammer, attorney at law. I'm the defense attorney for the uh, so-called Lobster King. Y- you have had your work cut out for you, have you not? <laughs> oh, oh, you can say that again. Uh, we've been, uh, we've been you know, clawing out of this, this hole for, for months, and I feel like we're, we're coming out of the light, though. We're seeing the light, sir. So I know the entire city of Fakahatchee is essentially sitting on pins and needles. Uh, I imagine that you are sitting on larger pins and needles than all of us as, as your client is in the hot seat. Obviously, you're hoping for a not guilty verdict. But are you looking for something beyond that? Maybe uh, an apology or, or some sort of maritime awareness campaign? Uh, well, you know, honestly, I think in the end, we just want to open people's eyes. Because there are puppet masters at work, Mr. Wexler. I'm sorry, who are you referencing specifically? Big seafood. So you're looking at this as a sort of good Samaritan issue where he stepped in and now suddenly he's a fish out of water or lobster out of water, as it were, as the court system steps in. I think that the uh, the jury, the jury's going to see that. The jury's going to see that my client was was really a hero who has found himself in uncircumcised circumstances. Interesting. And I, and I think, uh, you know, it could happen to anybody. You know, one minute you're you're sitting there having a lovely meal, and you see these poor little crustaceans who are imprisoned. Yeah, they probably deserve it against their will, mind you. Those bugs. And you do your duty as a human being, and you get them out of that place of pain. I guess if you paint it like that, you- and then suddenly, oh, here comes Mister Lawman. And you're sitting in a prison cell next to an attorney who happened to be there for personal reasons. And then you're in the hot seat, sir. You make quite a point that your client is in a kettle of real hot water here. You'd say that again. How did you find yourself attached to this trial? Oh, well, I... Did he, uh, the Lobster King, reach out to you? Is this kind of a pro bono thing? Pro bono. Uh, No, I I am being being paid. You know, I'm not making out like a bandit, but, you know... He, he signed over some rights uh, to merchandising. So, you know, you could always go to www.clawsofjustice.com. We've got T-shirts, water bottles, buttons, uh, skimpy little shorts that say lobsters or people too. We got it all there for you. Uh, so, so, so check that out. But no, I, uh, I tend to spend time at the local county jails looking for, you know, these, these poor victims of the system. And uh, and I happened upon this man uh, and he told me his story and I felt for him. So I gave him a 10 percent discount and uh, we got right down to brass tacks and we started fighting this tooth and nail. And uh, I think we're going to I think we're going to come up aces, uh, if I'm going to be honest. I think, uh, you know, with a little bit of luck and a little bit of empathy from the jury, I, I think we're looking at one, two years probation, maybe. OK, which is pretty good. I mean, that seems to be getting off extremely easy for uh, what I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, 79 counts of grand theft crustacean, uh, which is not even a law uh, that I knew was on the books. Yes. Well, no, it it hasn't gone into effect since uh, 1892. Uh, It was a shock to all of us, really. I think it's probably part of what's grabbed and held everyone's attention about this case, and yet Yet you sound as cool as a cucumber. Uh, how do you prepare for a trial of this magnitude? Yeah, it uh, it was not easy. Uh, you know, I did a lot of polling. 
you know, I walked around town asking people how, how they felt about lobster and lobster-related crimes, uh, just trying to get into the head of the jury and, and into the people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we found that everyone loves a Robin Hood figure, and that is exactly what we have here, sir. Is that all? Yeah. Other than that, there was, you know, there was a lot of uh, time at, at seafood restaurants visiting with uh, the lobsters in captivity because, um, you know, this is not just a human issue. It's uh, it's a crustacean issue as well. And to be honest, you know, once once this trial is done and over and justice is seen, I might have to take these lobsters on as a client as well, because, you know, enough's enough. Interesting. You got these massive institutions of, of, of imprisonment. Lobster pot, lazy lobster. Claws encounters of the buttered kind. Big fin. Hot juicy tail. Boston Lobster Fest. And of course the Okeechobee Totally Clawsome Lobster Ganza coming up in October. There are 15 red lobsters just in my neighborhood. We gotta take a hard look at ourselves as a society. I I would like to point out while there were 15 red lobsters when uh, the Lobster King first started his spree, uh, towards the end, I mean, we're down, say, at least 13, 14 different lobster restaurants uh, that had to close because of uh, lobster-related losses. Well, that's true. But if you look conversely at the trench coat industry, um, you know, they're booming right now. And you also have to know that we still have two red lobsters left. Do we need more than that? Seems like it seems more like than plenty. Enough. Yes. I don't know who the city planner thinks he is. So I, I just want to reiterate what a real honor it's been to, to have you on the show this evening. This has obviously been an ongoing trial for six months. I mean, even longer as you prepared for the case. What's next for you as a defense lawyer? Like you talked about taking on these lobsters. Is that going to be lobster versus the state of Florida? And how is this going to break out? If all goes according to my plan, it'll be in the Supreme Court. Wow. In the next five years, I think we'll be at the Supreme Court. Because, uh, you know, it's it's a civil rights issue. So anyway, I think I'm going to take on the whole animal kingdom, really. Except bees. I've never met a bee I liked. <laughs> we don't know them anything. It's pretty clear to me that the verdict of this case is going to flavor how the citizens of Fakahatchee view the Lobster King in retrospect. Whether that's sort of a, a George Clooney-level criminal mastermind pulling crustacean-based heists, uh, or is an innocent, lovable folk hero tossing an errant lobster to the simple folk he passes on the street. Is there anything you hope people remember even after the verdict is delivered? Uh, whatever it may be. We, we all need to ask ourselves who the real victim is here. Because if, if my client had had his way, had walked out of that restaurant with all of those lobsters carefully and lovingly duct taped to his torso, then those lobsters would be roaming free in perhaps a garden near a stream. But instead, they were impounded at the police. Do you know how well lobsters are treated in the, in the evidence room, sir? It's, it's abhorrent. So I think the jury really needs to look at uh, all of the victims in this case. We- and my client, you know, he, he has gone through the case with a heavy heart. And he's got to say, he doesn't know if he trusts any, any humans anymore. So we got we to gotta show him that there's you know, something worth fighting for here, man. There's a lot of stake. Very noble words. Um, if I could just switch gears just for a minute. I don't know how to break this to you, and maybe it came up during the case. I, I'm obviously not a lawyer. I'm obviously not uh, sitting in the front row. Sure. How do you respond to allegations that there is big payments to butter companies 
36, I think it was 36,000 lobster crackers, like claw crackers. Uh, uh, a slew of bibs were found in his Amazon order history. Uh, like, how can you continue to say that he's a victim when these are purchases that the Lobster King has made? Well, that uh, the, those are for art. He, he's an artist. You know, he creates pieces that that this you know force us to look at the hard truths in our in our society. So those are all just simply art supplies. Um, did you submit any art as exhibits in the case? Has the Lobster King ever displayed any of his art publicly? Displayed? Not not in such a public official forum, but uh, he has left them in various uh, bins. So that, that's at least, you know, the dumpster guys, they're at least looking at it. Someone's looking at this stuff. And, and what is art if not just a piece that is perceived? Are you saying he's generating folk art that he's throwing away for the trashmen? What is, what is this art made of? Yeah, well, yes, it's uh, well, it's generally made up of the items that you uh, discussed earlier, the, the various bibs. Um, he created a dress out of that, which I think was worn by Bjork at one point, but I don't think she was photographed. I see. Well, uh, Mike, uh, we've obviously taken up a lot of your time here. Uh, we appreciate you calling in uh, and wish you and your client luck. Well, thank you, Horace. You know, I've never heard your show, but it was an honor to be given a platform. There's a lot of good thoughts and a lot of good opinions coming out of Fakahatchee tonight. Let's go ahead and talk to line seven. Go ahead. Hi, Horace. Who's this? It's uh, Peter Hackenstreet. The Lobster King. What do you think, Peter? The thing that the media ain't talking about. Yeah. According to the Facebook post that my ex-wife's stepson posted. Okay. Is that he ain't no lobster, right? I think he's actually a man. And media ain't talking about that. And it really bothers me. Thanks for that, Peter. Just a friendly reminder for those of you who are getting too excited. The Lobster King is, in fact, a man. Please don't confuse him with the Fakahatchee Lobsterman, the half-human, half-lobster hybrid who may or may not exist. The verdict's also still out on that one. All right, if you haven't called in yet and you want to weigh in on the Lobster King, I want to hear from you. But right now, I've got a very special guest calling in. Uh, caller, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Shelby Higginbottom, and I am covering this story for the Fakahachi Gazette. You've been following this trial very closely, then. I've been trying to see into what the Lobster King thinks and how the Lobster King works. If you've been present in the courtroom, Shelby, um, I know a lot of people are on the outside looking in. And can you describe the mood? And it just how is it looking? Uh, slightly more somber than one would expect. I believe that a lot of people here came looking for a funny story. But everyone here just looks very sad and beaten down. I don't know if it's life or if they were expecting the Lobster King to be covered in lobsters and not be wearing prison issue garb, but they do not look like they're having as much fun as they thought they would be. Now, does that include the Lobster King in, in that? Is he looking morose as well? Because I know he's typically a very jovial figure. Oh, he looks very sad. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's just a result of him being in, incarcerated at this point? Or, or is that based off how the trial is going so far? Well, the trial is not going in his favor, but he does. Unfortunately, he keeps picking at his clothes. I genuinely think he's sad that he's not wearing lobsters. You mentioned that the, the Lobster King maybe feels like he's losing. Do you feel like that's correct? Like, does the prosecution have the upper hand here? 
They appear to. He does call himself the Lobster King, and this trial is about whether or not he is guilty of 79 counts of grand theft crustacean. He has mentioned on several occasions how he is a friend of the lobster, how he loves lobsters, how he wants to free lobsters, and how the best thing that could happen to a lobster is to become a part of his ensemble. So I feel at this moment, he's not helping his own case. Mm, he's, he's sort of his own worst enemy, as it were. Have you seen any sort of environmentalists get involved in this case? Uh, has there been any like uh, protesting in the courts? There were a few protests, but weirdly enough, there seem to be protests on both sides. There are protests from people who identify themselves as Greenpeace. I have contacted Greenpeace. They have never heard of them. And in fact, they spell peace, P-E-I-C-E. And so, but occasionally they will hold up signs condemning the Lobster King. And then they will hold up signs commending the Lobster King. So I can't tell what side they're on. Do you feel like the Lobster King is in fact guilty? Or, or do you feel like uh, there's some innocence there? I think that there is innocence of the soul. I believe that the Lobster King fancies himself a friend of the crustacean. I believe the Lobster King also fancies himself as a fancy man. He knows what he likes to accessorize with. And in this case, he wants to be pure and he wants to accessorize with the sea. I feel like he connects deeply with the sea. And in that, there is a sort of beautiful artistic innocence but as far as this trial goes oh he guilty as hell sorry he is definitely guilty and has proclaimed his guilt on several occasions maybe inadvertently has has the case gone smoothly does the judge seem happy with with how things are progressing i think that initially the judge was upset about what could have been a circus in her courtroom but as the case has gone on and Everyone here has realized that maybe this isn't quite as jovial as they believed. It isn't quite the circus that they thought they were. People came here. There are popcorn carts outside. There are people selling elotes. There are tons of cotton candy machines. And I think that many of these people didn't realize that unlike Twitter gifts, you cannot bring these things into the courtroom. And... I don't believe people know how dry law is. The law is not Michael Jackson eating a popcorn.gif. The law is not cottoncandy.gif. The law is the law and you have to respect it. And I believe that the people here thought that they would be able to hashtag celebrate, hashtag Lobster King is canceled, and there is no canceling in this courtroom. The courtroom is the only one who can cancel. The audience has no cancellation powers. Have there been any surprise witnesses uh, called to the stand on, on either side, whether it's uh, from the prosecution or, or by a, a defense attorney, Mike Hammer? Well, defense attorney Mike Hammer has called in some of the Lobster King's ex-girlfriends, and I believe that he thought that they would be able to talk about it his nature and how much he respects the crustaceans so much that he wants to wear them as a coat of many colors. However, 
the ex-girlfriends have not painted a great picture of the Lobster King. In fact, only one of the one or two of them have shown up, and the girlfriends that have shown up, unfortunately, have both painted him as someone whose crimes are escalating. At first, he was taking fake fish from the Dollar Tree and putting them all over his clothes, and everyone thought that was quirky and funny, and, oh, look, that's just him. Oh, he has so many flounder put onto his outfit. And at one point he was collecting Billy Bass fish. Are you aware of this fish? It is a fish that you put up on the wall and it sings. Oh, yes. Yes. The Billy Bass fish. Uh, I believe we're familiar. Yes. And so at a point he was collecting Billy Bass fish and that was what was going on his clothes as his friends began to encourage his more out there creative style. He felt like he had to continue to up himself and up himself and up himself until finally he got to a point where only a live crustacean would do. Again, I am a reporter. I cannot, but in this moment where I'm calling in, I'm taking the reporter me out boop, and putting the person me in flop. And the person Shelby believes that this is not only an actual crime, this is literally a crime of fashion. It almost sounds like we as a society have have failed the Lobster King by encouraging these antics without considering sort of the man beneath them. What I see now looking at the Lobster King is a man who did not get enough attention or any attention really for the other art that he had made the Lobster King, as I'm sure you know, was at one time a beat poet. Many people did not come to his beat poetry classes. And adorning himself with fake fish and then real sea life was something that was an attraction. And it caused people to pay attention to his poetry. And most of his poems are not great one poem that was read aloud again by one of the ex-girlfriends was, I am a man. I am a man. I like sand. Man sand. Sand man. Sand man, sand man's man sand. Sand. And these were not taken well within the community that he was in. Got it. Got it. Uh, I'm. Uh, if I could just ask you a, a quick question, have you? There have been rumors that he's a, a visual artist as well. Have you ever seen any of his artwork? Yes, they did display it. Um, the first thing that they did wind up displaying for us, which I thought was very brave and nice, he had a wall of intentions. Um, he was a big proponent of the secret which I believe everyone knows is it's about creating collages about what you would like to become. Yeah. You visualize and, it. And then and the universe essentially gives that to you. Yes. And so his wall of collages has changed from initially being that he wanted to be the poet laureate of the United States of America, as well as being the painted laureate of the United States of America, which I do not believe is a position that exists from that point to him visualizing more and more about sea life, because it doesn't seem like it's just a fashion statement. It does seem like at some point he deeply connected to the sea. Many of his poems are about sea life. Many of his painting and his mixed media is about sea life. Wow, that sounds fascinating. 
So it, it, the jury is is obviously uh, deliberating. Do you expect them to come back with a verdict very quickly? Oh, yeah, he did that shit. I mean, uh, oh, absolutely. I expect that the jury will be coming back shortly. I do not expect that this will be a long trial. Again, he has admitted that he is the Lobster King and loves to adorn himself with lobster. I believe his point is, is that as an artiste, he should be allowed his First Amendment right and freedom of expression to cover himself in said uh, crustaceans. Got it. Now, you mentioned protesters in the courtroom. Um, do you think if if the jury comes back with a guilty plea here that we're going to see any sort of social unrest in Fakahatchee? Or uh, do you think everyone is 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 pretty prepared here for, for what's coming down the pipeline? The mood of the courtroom seems to be one of people who understand what may or may not happen. I believe that if he is cleared of all charges, there will be one, perhaps two, jovial celebrations. I believe if he is not, we will mostly get outrage on Twitter, but I do not believe anything will be done. Well, I mean, that's that's at least a peace of mind for for those at home tonight, uh, knowing that uh, the town will be safe, uh, regardless of what verdict comes back. Yes, there were a few protesters who were burnishing stuffed lobsters, um, a lot of lobsters. Some people with Sebastian the crab. I'm not sure if that was all that was left or if they don't know the difference between crabs and lobsters. But I don't expect, at worst, I think maybe there will be a few of those stuffed sea lice thrown around. But the mood here seems to be more of a deflated people whose party was interrupted by facts and how the law is a bummer. Well, Shelby, thank you for taking time out uh, late this evening to call in and, and sort of give us a, a heads up on what's happening in the courtroom. Um, obviously, you're you're welcome back anytime as, uh, as uh, Fakahatchee's eyes and ears uh, on, on our show here. Thank you for calling. Oh, thank you so much. On behalf of the Fakahatchee Gazette, we thank you very much for having us on. Unfortunately, it seems like there's little left for us to do but wait for the verdict. So that's all for us here at Night Drive this evening. Tonight, as I lie in my bed, I'll be asking myself if justice is going to be served. And if so, will it be served with a small ramekin of butter? Good Morning Sun Buns with Tiffany Bunzel takes over at 6 a.m. Today, she's talking stews with Professor Soup and all the different types of liquids that can kill you. You'd be shocked how many there are. Until then, here's four and a half hours of government-mandated buzzing I've asked about, but was told to air without question. Until next time, I'm Horace Wexler. Keep night driving. Night Drive is produced by Michael Truly and is hosted with Gravitas by me, Horace Wexler. The callers were ably played with Verve and Spite by Matt Wyatt, Ron Babcock, Sean Beery, Casey Redman, and Danielle Radford. I'd like to thank our lightning callers, John Scarpula, Lee Olson, John Martinez Jr., and Nathan Greenaway, as well as extend a very special thank you to our musical guest, Rotten Branch, featuring Crisco Bitch. If you enjoy the show, please consider reviewing and giving us five stars on iTunes, or better yet, tell a friend about us. 1 a.m. in the morning is a hell of a time slot to capture new ears. Talk to us on Twitter at Night Drive FM or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Night Drive FM. If you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash Night Drive. 
from all of us here at Fakahatchee Radio. Keep night driving.